0: I think all children are talented and full of fantasy and but but as they get older it's taken away from them and some few people like you and I have been lucky that not everything has been taken away from us.
1: Amongst the literary luminaries I have been blessed to befriend in this writerly life is Eric Carle. It, It almost feels silly to deliver an introduction for him Eric's unique style and unmistakable illustrations have become a cornerstone of children's literature. Eric's most famous creation, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, is a true masterpiece and a cherished book in countless homes and classrooms around the world. I had the opportunity to sit down with Eric in 2012 in the Grand Hall of the Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art in Amherst, Massachusetts. I recently came across this interview on a backup drive and I wanted to share it with you here on this podcast. We lost Eric in 2021, but his work and genius will forever be with us. A quick show note, as this interview was recorded in 2012 and my second child was born just a year earlier, I did not yet know their true gender identity. So while you hear me refer to my two elder kids as girls quite a bit, I would like everyone to know that I am the proud parent of a non-binary child. Let's all get to know Eric Carl's origin story. Origin stories with JJK. Jarrett Prazoska. And I am here at the Eric Carl Museum of Picture Book Art with author, illustrator, and icon, Mr. Eric Carl. Hi, Eric. Hello out there. Well, Eric, I got to say, as an artist, I have always respected your work, and now as a father, I have two young girls, and we have been reading your books from the very beginning, and I'm talking days and months old, and and they have always responded and just absolutely love your work. And, of course, the book that you're most known for, and you have so many books, is The Very Hungry Caterpillar, but as I understand it, that almost wasn't the case. It was The Very Hungry Caterpillar, right?
0: It first started out as Willy the Worm, and the idea of the holes came from a hole puncher. I had a stack of play, uh, paper. I was kind of bored. I had nothing to do, so I uh, clicked the holes in the, into the paper. And when I looked at the, the holes, I thought of a bookworm, and then the bookworm became Willy the Worm. And so, what stopped you from calling it Willy? What
1: what led it to the very hungry caterpillar?
0: Well, I, I thought Willie really the Worm, week it was a week with Willy really the Worm. Um, my editor, she didn't like the worm. So the story was pretty much the way it is and, and the holes and everything. And she was so, so happy with the worm. So we went back and forth uh, about other bugs and other things. And at one point she said caterpillar and I said butterfly. Because it didn't have a, a butterfly with the with Billy the worm,
1: which 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 gives you a great and beautiful ending for the book.
0: Yes, of course, and a much more meaningful book. The worm was just a funny worm story, really, but holes in the book eating his way through all kinds of stuff it was entertaining and funny. But because of the bo- the the success of the book, we are we when I would say we, my my publishers, my friends, myself. We ask ourselves, why is it so successful? And I finally—I mean, people say the holes are funny, the food is funny, and all this—but the, really, the deep meaning of it is, it's a book of hope that you, insignificant, ugly little caterpillar, can grow into a big, beautiful butterfly and fly into the world. And I think that's what kids—what kids catch. Because I remember when I was little, I thought, I'll never grow up. You know, and I was afraid I couldn't. And, and if I did grow up, oh, how am I going to pay rent and insurances? And how, how do adults do with it? I was so worried. So I, I think that gives uh, the children hope that they will grow up. And it's going to be all right. And they're going to fly into the world and do their thing.
1: That's perfect. And you know what I what I really love about this story, and that ties into children's lives and, and your life as a kid who who liked to draw and stuff, is that The Very Hungry Caterpillar was born from a moment of boredom, where you we had a hole puncher and you were playing around. And, and sometimes I, I worry about kids today who are, are just so involved with so many gadgets, where, where sometimes the most beautiful stories and the most iconic stories are born out of moments of, of boredom. Uh, so... What was it like for you as a little boy when you were an artist? Well,
0: I was uh, I was an only child, and um, my teacher, my first grade, I was born in Syracuse, New York, and my first grade teacher pointed out to my mother that I liked to draw, and I was talented at it, and that they should uh, encourage me. and And so very early on, I spent a lot of time in my room, with pencil and paper and paper and colors. And my my parents, especially my mother, they, well, both, both respected the, that very much. I got a lot of respect even at the early age of five and the six and the eight and ten. If I was in my room with my papers and colors, no one would bother me.
1: And did you have any teachers that really stick out in your mind as, wow, that one teacher... They really made a huge impact on my life as an artist.
0: Uh, I was born in the United States to German immigrant parents. And when I was six years old and going through first grade here, they went back to Germany. So from age six to 22, I lived in Germany. And I lived there during the Nazi time, time. Uh, until, until I was 15, was Hitler was the, the dictator, the leader. And you may know about the degenerate art. Uh, Certain art movements were forbidden to be shown or to be painted. The expressionists, the modernists, the impressionists, the only art that was, was taught and tolerated was realistic art, naturalistic art. And it seems, and I don't remember that at all, but it seems I had a loose style and my art teacher asked me to his house one day, I was maybe 12 or 13, and he went to a closet and brought out a box with reproductions of all the so-called degenerate artists, the impressionists, the expressionists, the modernists. And he said, I am. I have to teach realistic and naturalistic art, but I do like your loose style. And you look at these paintings, he says. And then he got all the... That he, got a, he had been a socialist in, in his young days, you know, and then he got angry and he said, oh, Nazis, they're a bunch of charlatans. They don't know anything about art, which could have cost him at least his job if that had gotten out or that he showed me art like that. So this was a very courageous act on my, the part of my art teacher. And that was a, well, at first I was repelled by it. You know, green faces with both eyes on the same side, and I thought he was crazy. I thought he's flipped, this man is flipped. But I also knew that he cared very much about my my development, and um, and I knew he wouldn't do anything to harm me. You know, I, I caught on to that, and then, but it's it always stayed with me that moment when he and. Opened that box and showed this wild stuff that I really hated at first, and slowly it sank in and it sank in. And because if he if he didn't have that brave moment, we wouldn't know you as the Eric Carl that you are. It's hard to say. Sure, yeah, and it certainly has made an enormous impression on me, and I I think of him a lot. He was a very nice man. Besides being an art teacher, I think all children are talented and full of fantasy and but but as they get older it's taken away from them and some few people like you and I have been lucky that not everything has been taken away from us or in my case I also had my parents support you I think that's the case of you too right
1: yeah absolutely and eric carl you write about animals you draw lots of animals do you have any animals at home Uh,
0: Right now, no, we don't have any animals, but I've had all my life a cat. Cats have been an important part of my life. Uh, I just discovered a photograph of myself where I was three years, not quite yet three years old, and I'm holding two cats, and I'm sneezing, and and it seems I was allergic to cats. (laughs) Like so.
1: And you never got in trouble for maybe painting one purple or blue or yellow or green? <laughs> I don't think
0: so. But but uh, I my my father and I, my father was another very important impulse. He took me f- uh, for long walks on Sunday mornings, Saturday mornings, and we would uh, on the way up we see little uh, lizards, and he told me that. You catch a lizard in the morning when they're still cold; they're easy to catch. But when they're warm, they're very quick. You cannot catch a lizard. And we go for walks in the forest, and and we turn over rocks, and there were you know bugs and things. And what I also also always remember, we always returned the bugs and frogs and whatever we caught. We always returned them where we found them.
1: That's amazing. That's a good. And, and to think of that childhood memory and moment to lead to, you know, the very grouchy ladybug and all of these, these books, yeah. These,
0: all my creatures have to do with my father. So I've been a very lucky man. I had this wonderful first grade teacher, Miss Miss Freaky, in Syracuse, New York. I had this wonderful high school teacher in Germany, Herr Krauss. And then I had my father, who, who also, actually was very talented. My father wanted to become an artist, but his father didn't want a starving artist in the family. So in a way, I'm also fulfilling my father's dream of of being an artist. Wow.
1: wow, That's amazing,
0: man. I almost feel silly
1: asking you this next silly question because that was such a beautiful answer. But Eric Carl, when you are a very hungry artist, what do you like to eat?
0: Uh, I'm reluctant to give an answer because if I do, everybody's going to send me that. Years ago, I was on a signing tour, and it was pretty hectic, and I took a liking to to, uh, M&M's, peanut M&M's. And people asked me, I don't know, the word got out that I like M&M's, so everybody gave me Mm M&M's. Then they sent me M&M's. They sent me these pound bags. One time I got a package with two pounds of M&M's in there. (laughs) So I'll tell you anyway, because what I want you, you're not going to get. I get black forest pine honey. It's my favorite. And let me tell you a nice little story. The bees don't get it from the flowers. The needle, the needle of the pine tree, there's a little bug that eats, makes a hole into it, and the sap comes out, and that is what the bees pick up, rather than from the pollen and from the from the flowers, and from that they make, from that they make the honey. And it's a very expensive honey. And please don't send me any.
1: <laughs> you it. Do not send Eric Carl <laughs> any of that honey. He prefers M and M's.
0: Don't M and M's either. Okay, Eric. Imagine for a moment you're sitting at your desk. No honey. No honey, any kind. No orange honey. No uh, Florida Keys honey. No uh, local honey. Whatever. Don't. Please. And I still get gifts, and they are just sitting around in my house. I'm gracious about it when people give me honey, but I never eat it.
1: <laughs> well, I know what I'm getting you for next April Fool's Day, Eric Carl. <laughs> when when you're sitting at your desk, and and you're 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 about to create your art, if I were to call you on the phone, and I were to say, Eric Carl, Eric Carl, what do you see?
0: Describe a little bit about what your studio looks like. Uh, When I work, it's very messy and it's not just straight in front of my mind, excuse me, in front of my eyes. It's all over. You know, when I start with my, doing my illustrations, everything is nice and clean. And page two is getting a little messy, you know, by the time I get to page 32, it's one big mess.
1: So do you have like a special outfit that you wear because you don't want to wear your nice suit for?
0: I have a lab coat and it's full with color. And under the left armpit, it's especially colorful because when I wash out that brush, I put it under under the armpit, and then the, the lab coat is picks up the colors. So it's very fun. Not the left, uh, not under the right arm because I'm a right hand, and so I do it under my left arm. Uh, well, I do get got... Sometimes my wife will come
1: into the studio and I'll have a blue streak of paint across my nose because I've, I've scratched my nose. That happens. That happens, yeah. yeah. So this may be a controversial question because you're known
0: for your vibrant colors, but do you have one favorite color? For a long time, I felt... And I still feel all colors are beautiful. But the children kept pressing me, what is your favorite color? And I tell you, I came up with yellow you know, when children draw the sun, it's always in the upper or left or right corner, and it's done in yellow. The sun is really not yellow. You know, I don't know why they do it yellow, but it seems ninety-nine percent of children do yellow suns, and that's why I do it. That's that's why uh, it is my favorite color.
1: That's great. That's good. So, speaking of kids, do you have, you know, uh, do you have a one? thing that a kid said that really sticks out to you that just makes you chuckle? I know you've met so many young readers and young artists over the years, but is there anything a kid said? I mean, just before we started this interview, you had this great big book of letters from kids from Korea. Is there anything funny or silly or something that moved you that can sticks
0: out to you? Uh, my, my favorite letter is, my favorite all-time letter is, uh, Dear Eric, I like your pictures. Our teacher made us read all of your books. Will you ever retire?
1: Well, you know, uh, we're here at your museum, and I bring my girls here. And f- kids, you need to get to the Eric Carle Museum of Picture Book Art because it's an amazing space that's built for you to view art. from my daughters, it was their first introduction to an art museum. Uh, just as Eric's books are our kids' first introduction to, to, to books and reading, this museum is a phenomenal space. And Eric, I, I got to say this to you that uh, no matter how many books my girls will grow up to read, it's because of you and your work that they will be readers because it, it's your books that got them excited about just playing with a book and turning the page and, and mouthing the words. And, and thank you for everything that you are, everything that you've done. And and especially thank you for the Eric Hall Museum of Picture Book Art.
0: Thank you for saying such kind things. And yes, do come to the museum. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to sit and chat with you. Okay, bye.
1: If you would like to support this podcast, there are a few ways that would make a big difference. You could join me at patreon.com forward slash studio JJK for info on exclusive live streams. Or you can purchase autographed books, original art, or even commission art at studiojjk.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your support.